Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Russ from Miami is and hope you're safe and well. Apologies, I'm in the toilet. Literally, I'm recording in the toilet today. We're having some housework done um, all over the bloody house. So you may see some unusual places for the next two weeks or so. Um, but I hope everyone's safe and well. YouTube channel, please consider subscribing. I must, I can't complain, Lee, because the lighting's fantastic. I haven't had to put any my lights on, but hey, there's that. Yeah, top draw. Um, if you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing. Um, Make sure you hit the bell icon as well. Obviously, we've got the uh, irons. I've got my badge. You can just see it. John sent me my iron supporting food banks badge today. So, um, obviously, we've got all the um, charity work we're doing over the next or for the rest of September, trying to raise £20,000. So, make sure you check that out as well. Lots of game shows every Thursday. Um, today's guest, he's been a busy man. He's, 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 he's been talking about West Ham all evening, bless him. But hopefully this will be more relaxed in a relaxed atmosphere. How are you doing, Lee? How's things, man? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's been a bit of a tough day. Um, on top of work as well. So it's um I'm I'm really pleased and looking forward to having a, a quite light-hearted discussion, I hope, on all things yes. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's the point of these things. Light-hearted, bit of bit of nostalgia. You know, it's you know, we know it's not it's not particularly nice at the moment, but these sort of half hour hour sessions just give everyone a bit of ah oh, a bit of sort of time to reflect and uh, have a bit of a giggle about times gone by, not the current. A little stuff. bit of nostalgia, I think, goes a long way. Certainly, as as you're getting as old as I am, unfortunately, <laughs> it's nice to look back. You look back and you go, oh fuck, that's it now. I'm done. With this. You know? <laughs> Jeez, what my best times are ahead are behind me now. It's all downhill. Uh, how have you been over lockdown, Lee? Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a tough gig. Um, I've got some underlying medical conditions yep. um, which have made it a little bit difficult, um, which meant I've, I've had to look after myself probably um, more than most. Um, working from home the, with the kids, um, <laughs> hats off to the teachers, mate. Yeah, that's, that's a typical, tip, a really right. difficult job. Um, so, yeah, so I've got a newfound respect for the teachers now. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm pleased that things are hopefully starting to get back to normality. Um, I'm back in the office a couple of days a week, which is nice, getting a little bit of um, little bit of familiarity going back on. Um, I also coach a girls' football team as well, so we've started training, started playing games again. So it's just nice to see that. that yeah. It's just nice to see people just kicking the ball and talking about football and, and talking about the love of the game, and I think that's that's all I want to do. I don't want to be talking about everything else, you know. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's weird going back to the office, isn't it? Are you based in Central? Yeah, well, I'm based yeah. um, in Southwark, and it's um. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Um, it's a strange, eerie sort of journey. It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, I'm based in Farringdon, and um, we've only been. I've literally been in the office like the last two weeks for like the Tuesday or whatever, yeah. and uh, it's, it's like it's really weird, isn't it? It's like I liken it to to when I get on the. Because I, I live in Longchurch, so I go Gideon Park. 
I liken it to when I used to go to West Ham at 9.30. I used to get to there about 9.30 in the morning for three o'clock kickoff. That's how early I have to get there. Yeah. Um, and, it's as bu- and it's as busy then as it is on a like Tuesday rush hour. It's, it's mentally... It's like st- across the platforms. It's, it's bizarre. And you see the odd person walking towards you in a mask and you have to take a second look. For, oh, no, that is, that is the new normal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and you got like this little Sainsbury's by our office, and you know, literally, and they, I don't think they've stopped the the sandwich orders because literally, the 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 row, the shelves are full of sandwiches, and about one o'clock, you turn up, and they're all yellow stickers because no <laughs> yeah. fuck is there to buy them. So you know, having a bargain, but uh, have yeah, you forgotten but... to walk in with the mask? In? No, I'm a good boy. I still keep forgetting. No, I, I miss the mask um, sometimes on a petrol station. I think Lee's dropping in and out. I think can you Lee's hear me, mate? Yeah, I can, man. It's dropping in about a little bit. Don't worry. No worries, dropping mate. In no and worries. Out. You might have to... Yeah. Anyway, I was about to say, the, uh, the only thing I, I miss the masks on is sometimes when you're at a petrol station. Do you know what I mean? Yeah at the petrol yeah. station I, I missed the mask then and i have to come back and get it but i've always yeah. got one everywhere i've got one on got a west Ham mask everywhere in, in each car so i'm all right but yeah. uh no, it, you get used to it get used to it don't you i mean like today i had to take the dog to the vets and we had to wait outside for half an hour and they came and picked the vet up and we had to do the the sort of the uh what was it the checkup sort of on on whatsapp you know on like facetime you know just to and it's like it's but you just adjust, don't you? You just adjust. Same as football, isn't it? Football's had to adjust as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, the good thing is, at least we're in the Premier League. What's been said and done, Lee, you know, we're in the Premier League this season. So that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> when you when you were watching the football during lockdown, Lee, were you, uh, uh, and actually you'll be doing it now for at least the first few games this season, are you a crowd noise on or a crowd noise off type man? On hundred percent, I can't watch it without. It don't seem right to me. Has to be on. Just make it feel feel a little bit normal, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it it's bizarre, isn't it? It really is. Without, I just hearing, yeah, hearing the coaches shout and scream and hearing the players f and blind. It's 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 not it's not normal. It's I can't get my head around it. But yeah, no. definitely on. Yeah, and I'm the same. So much so that I have to, when I'm at the ground, I actually put the, the game on just so I've got, or I put like one of the watch-alongs or one of the YouTube watch-alongs <laughs> just to get something because it's just, it's like, you know, I know people talk about the atmosphere and stuff, but literally the, it, it's you can hear journalists typing. That's how quiet it is. It's, yeah. it's really weird, really weird. But it's good fun. It's good fun. Obviously, all the yeah, all the, you know, Gonzo, all the Gonzo, but Tom and Charlie and IG United and you know, West Ham way, they all do the watch alongs and they're they're good fun. They just keep you entertained and uh, keep them on the background. It's almost like I've got an and like particularly people like Nigel Card and people, you know, it's almost like I've got an old couple behind me moaning about the West Ham team, just like the old days, just like the old days. Uh, so Lee, so the first question I always ask everyone is. Why West Ham? We see you got the shirt on. We know you've been talking about West Ham all all afternoon uh, and all and all after, and all evening. What's your story? Why are you a West Ham fan? I think for me, I was I grew up in Forest Gate. Um, uh, my mum's side of family are all West Ham. Oh, it looks like I might have lost Lee, unfortunately. That's a shame. We'll get Lee back. We'll get Lee back in. Um, anyway, um, let me just message Lee, tell him I can't hear him. <laughs> oh, well, fun and games. Um, you've frozen, mate. Oh, 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 hang on, hang on. He's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. It's a bloody Wi Fi, I think. Russ, sorry, mate. So don't be silly, man. Don't be silly. Sometimes these things happen, and you just like you get a good bit for a while, Wi-Fi, <laughs> don't you? And then you sort of, and then you have sort of like blips. All we got to so far, Lee, was you were born in Forest Gate. That was where the story ended for the for the watchers so far. <laughs> I 
a nightmare. Um, if you can still hear me, so my mum's side of the family are all West Ham. They're an old traditional East End family. My dad's side isn't. My dad's the Turkish Shipwright side of the family, all from North London um, and South London. So half of them support Tottenham, half of them um, so I thought I'd go against all that and definitely support the mum side of the family, West Ham. And my nan lived in Plasto, down in Stirling Road, just off the old um, Plasto Library. And when I was a kid growing up, I always used to go to my nan's on a Saturday and you'd always get all the West Ham fans coming out from the pubs, the Black Lion and um, and the Vic Tavern, all coming out of there down um, past the old Sampson Street Hospital, past my nan's yeah. house. Um, and I always used to want to be part of that. And I remember going in my nan's garden and you could always hear the crowd even though it's probably a mile away you could hear the crowd singing and i'm talking about early mid 80s early 90s when i was eight nine ten and you could always hear the crowd singing bubbles just before the game and do you know what I, I just loved it there was a couple of fellas at school as well that were that were west Ham, but predominantly at school everyone was liverpool absolutely everyone mm. apart from a couple um and i thought do you know what just have a little bit of solidarity with the minority back then and, and, and go with go with West Ham. Um, and that's really what it was, you know what I mean? From from a couple of my pals and my nan and my mum's side of the family generally, I mean, that's why I supported West Ham. And, um, yeah, I'm pleased I have in a strange sort of way. <laughs> yeah, in a strange sort of way, yeah. And I, and I was talking to someone the other day, actually, and they were talking about West Ham. And 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 their and their kids and how he's all passed on the illness um, <laughs> condition to him and 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 he was wobbling he was the, the kid the, the kid was wobbling a little bit you know whether he wanted to go and support yeah. Liverpool or something and um, and basically you know he he stuck with West Ham and it's character building isn't it it's character building being a West Ham fan. Tough trying to teach your kids that it ain't all about winning, and I know to a lot of them it is. Um, you try and instill a little bit of confidence in that things do get better, and when you do actually, when you appreciate it more because it don't happen that often, um, yeah. And I think you're right, it's character building, um, fighting against adversity. I think a little bit, I think it just builds up that sort of um notion that you know what, it ain't always rose in the garden, but. When it is, it's a bloody bright sunny day, you know. It's so true. We live for those sort of, you know, three or four times a season where where the team turns up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. but we don't know when it's going to happen. It could happen no. any game, and that's the no. beauty. Imagine being Man United or Liverpool just winning week after <laughs> week. It becomes boring, doesn't it? Where's the fun in that? Yeah, exactly. Where's the fun in losing three 0 away to Burnley? You know, you know, but it's just, but it's tr it's true though, isn't it? I think it's true. Someone said to me the other day, we, you know, I wouldn't want to win the Premier League, and I thought, mm, yeah, part of me, yeah, I agree, but then part of me is like, it's just like, I just think that's why West Ham fans are what they like, and, and you know why we have this sort of solidarity, community spirit, spirit of the Blitz, and we're not crazy either. We no. we would just be happy with one trophy in our lifetime, not one every season. Would you, I just want to see us lift a cup that I can remember in my lifetime. I'll be happy yeah. with it. I could be a happy man. Yeah, no, I I'd be the same. I'd be the same. And who knows? It could be our year this year, Lee. It could be our year. You never know, mate. You never know. You never know. Take the cup that's seriously, the... boys, and we'll be all right. That's the trouble, isn't it? The trouble. That's the trouble. Yeah, I mean, I, I want them to just have a go at the League Cup. Because I think the trouble is, but the FA Cup comes around just as everyone sorted their season out, in it. So yeah. it's all set till January time. You can have a rough idea, unless it's catastrophe, you're going down. You know, you could have a rough idea if you're in the mix. Obviously, we've got you know Charlton on on the Tuesday, on the, yeah Tuesday after this Newcastle game. So it's yeah. two games into the season, the second game that you start, and obviously then we're at home the next round if you beat them. Um, and it's just, I just think that's why you know, you get so many teams get knocked out because obviously yeah. the Man City's always end up winning because they put their second team out and their second right. team is mid table Premier League team. Do you know what I mean? And for me, do you know, it's a cup we've never won and it's been a bit of a bloody unlucky cup for us over the years. Mm. And I would just love to just see it on our honours list like a different trophy that we've won if, if it ever happens. But yeah, I, yeah, definitely a league cup for me, probably yeah. over the FA Cup. 
Yeah, no, I'd take that. Because also, because I think the FA Cup's just lost the romance romance of it at the moment. It's you know, it's it, uh, obviously the League Cup's always been the League Cup, and obviously the fact that you know, FA Cup, the finals always like off. Half five on a Saturday, you know, it's just like that's the same as the League Cup now, and it is, but it just seems you've got more chance of the League Cup now. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> got to be Charlton first. This is this will go out after this will go out before the Charlton game, so um, <laughs> we could who knows, who knows. That's what I love about West Ham, just don't know what team's going to turn up. Do you remember uh, your first game, Lee? Do you remember your first game? Yeah, well, I remember getting taken to Watford in '84, but I don't remember. I remember going, but I don't remember nothing about the game. But yeah. the game after that, which was was some time after, five years later in '89, I think it was against Middlesbrough, um, yeah. and I, I, I think we scored a couple of goals. I think we won the game. I remember Julian Dick scoring a penalty and Georgie Parrish getting a goal. So that was really the one that I remember up way up high in the old West Stand, right yeah. on them hard wooden seats. That was awful back in the day, but. My dad took me and um, I've been on it in for ages. Please, dad, take me, take me the game. And I just think I wore him away to the point where he said, oh, I'll bloody get you some tickets. And um, he took me. And I couldn't have been no more than probably 10 or 11 years of age. But I just remember being so far back in these seats and just seeing the ground. It just looked huge. Um, yeah. yeah, and having splinters in my arse from them bloody hard seats. <laughs> They were bloody awful, MCs, weren't they? They were bloody awful. Oh yeah, but I mean that's the thing, and and and, and as I say, once once you go, it's like, we're like going to West Ham's a bit like Pringles. Once you start, you can't stop, can you? You just keep, you know, it, and you know, it, and and it's someone likened it to a an abusive relationship. In that you you, you go back, you, you turn, you come back. They, they they kick you in the teeth. You come back, yeah. you cook them dinner. You know, you buy the shirt, you buy the season ticket, and you and you think it's going to change, and then they kick you in the teeth again. <laughs> it's yeah. just like it's so true, but that, but it's yeah. we're just a glutton for punishment. There's a couple of ways you can you can support a club. You can either just pop along every now and again and and, and mm. do it half-hearted, or you can go in, you can go full steam ahead and, and to the point where certainly in my case, it, I find the club ever since I was a kid, completely consuming to the point I want to know absolutely everything going on, whether it's the youth team or whatever. I've been to hundreds of games, not even first team games, reserves, under 18s, when you could go and, and yeah. um, get a little bit closer to the players back in the day down at Chad Belief. We'd always pop down there, try and get your autographs and whatever else. But yeah, I just find it completely indoctrinating, completely consuming to, to the point of obsession and where defeat, even at this age, doesn't get any easier do you know what if lucky i ain't got it because i probably would have kicked his bloody legs off by now the amount of times we lose, i get the ump. well you met the amount of times i've um you know uh series unlinked match the day in the last sort of four or five years on my skybox or <laughs> it comes up or it comes up oh my wife's oh match the days and do you know what no no why no. Oh, you lost, didn't you? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you just watch, watch Desperate Housewives instead. I'm bothered, you know. But, yeah, yeah. But that's but that that's it. And then you and then you have a shit day. We might have lost, and then you 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 know you, you have a sort of a mope about it. You ignore match of the day. You ignore ignore sort of any sort of Sunday coverage or anything like that. Monday morning, right? Who we got on Saturday? <laughs> you know, it's like it's gonna we got all start again and that's why it's just it's like reset it's like you reset and start again yeah we've um, invested far too much time too many tears and too much yeah. blood and sweat to walk away from this club this is our club and we'll we'll follow it to the ends of the earth you know just i remember back in the day do you remember away tickets now kids will never understand this now when applying for tickets i remember having to go and line up all the way yeah. down green street to get an away ticket Tottenham away used to be the worst We'd, we'd go at nine o'clock at night to, to line up the following morning in hope you get a ticket. And there was always a chance you still might not get one. We'd be kicking a ball in the in the road down at Green Street. <laughs> we'd send someone down to Cap as soon as it opened. So it's easier to it's easier just to stick with it than to walk away. There's too much there's too much blood, sweat, and tears to walk away, mate. Yeah, that's a good shout, man. It's a good shout, Lee. Yeah, no, it's true. Very, very true. And it's one of those things that just gets and I love and I love the fact, you know, when you talk to people and like particularly on this channel and 
and they and they've passed as i said passed the sort of the illness onto their kids and 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 it's like my daughter hasn't got a fucking clue bless her she hasn't got a chance hasn't got a chance you know she was born or her due date was the playoff final against blackpool so you know and i had a really good ticket so obviously i was there um <laughs> I was front row. I, I was front row. You know, like where where Vaste scored. I was bang in the middle. Yeah. I, you know, I had a ticket. So, you know, bless her, she came a couple of days later. But um, yeah, no, she hasn't got a clue. But she hasn't got a chance at all. Um, and I never had a chance. And got no choice. You know, got no choice. Got no choice. But that's, that's the way it should be. Right. Let's move on to the hammers. Your hammers eleven, Lee. So basically, it's really really simple. The only rule is you have to be alive to have seen and play. Not necessarily see, and I'll say say again, not necessarily see live because obviously that sort of prohibitates a lot of people who haven't been to London Stadium or else above. But being alive to see play. So obviously, I can't put Bobby Moore in um, or Trevor Brook in. I could put in Gary Breen and Hayden Mullins. Seems a fair swap. Um, so uh, that's what we do. Um, so for you, let me just get my banners ready. Um, so Lee, and it can be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be the best players or favorite players. It can be the worst players. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Any players you want to talk talk about. So we'll start right. off in start off in goal. Who have we got in goal, Lee? We've got the legend Ludic. We've got Ludo Mikosko for me. He was probably the first goalkeeper that I had an affinity with growing up. Um, and you know, when he signed for us, I think it was Banica Strava, I think he came from. And I just remember reading the papers about this club, Banica Strava, selling us his goalkeeper. And no one knew who he was, never heard of the club before. Um, and I think he made his debut um, against Swindon. Um, it might have been 1990, something like that. And he had an absolute blinder, and he just come from nowhere. And he was such an imposing goalkeeper, huge, but mild mannered, incredibly yeah. mild mannered, well respectful. Um, and I remember when we used to have the old Junior Hammers uh, Christmas parties back mm. in the old West End, talking late eighties, early nineties. Ludo always used to come to the Christmas parties and have photos taken with the kids. And I've still got a photo to this day of me with him and his arm over me. And I remember when he got up, I was looking up like that. The geezer was absolutely huge, but he was so gentle, so kind, and spoke from what he could speak of English back then. It, it was just so such such a nice fellow, and yeah, for me, I just think he's been a terrific goalkeeper over the years. And I don't, we've had some good keepers to be fair. Yeah, yeah but done I don't think, in my time of watching West Ham, I don't think there's been many better. Definitely no. not, not consistently over that period of time. Yeah, oh, well, Junior, I remember the Junior Hammer Christmas party and and the birthday parties as well. I remember, yeah, yeah. you know, you could you could have a birthday party in, in the in the little school hall next door, and uh, a first uh, that's that's when I met my first ever first team player because you know a, a first team player would would turn up to sort of give you the cake and it was Pete Butler and ever since me and I've, you know I've had this affinity for Pete Butler, um, but yeah no Ludo lovely bloke and obviously you talk to a lot of people like yourselves and and you know all the Scandinavian hammers talk really highly of him because amount of time they give him used to give them um, and just a a, a a beautiful man you know be, yeah really gentle giant um, changed the way West Ham goalkeepers well. yeah a ball for miles but yeah he, he kicked it really weird though as well you know if you look at it again he sort of, he sort of, he sort of put, his, put his arms across then sort of kicked it on the side yeah yeah but uh and he was sort of I mean, obviously we, we were so used to having people like phil parks he was just like a, a unit you know and then then mccloso came along he was obviously more more athletic more like an athletic still a big lad but more athletic than, than parksy um and then, as you said, from then on, we've been all goalkeeper, apart from about six months last season, goalkeeper has been all right for us as a position. Um, it's one area that we don't tend, people don't tend to struggle with their 11s. It tends no, to be sort of... <laughs> right, so we'll put Ludo in. Um, Lee, you go for the team as you want, man. You go for the team okay, as you want. Cool. So I'm going to go right back. Um, and I think this is probably one of the most underrated footballers um, in West Ham's recent history, and I'm going to go for Timmy Breaker. Um, I've, I've just such a, a workhorse, um, and he always would be a six, seven out of ten every week. It just it'd give you everything, and he had that sort of strange sort of run 
he'd, his head would go down, but his arms would come up. And the, the only thing I can sort of resemble it to is like the old Terminator. Do you remember? When, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yes, he, that's he, a good shout. Um, and he'd just get his head down and he'd, he'd whip these absolutely wicked crosses in. Um, he used to set up quite a few goals. Um, and I remember um, going to Everton, and I can't think what year it was. might be 93. Um, and I think he got the winner. I think it might be New Year's Day. It got a header. And he had an absolute stormer that day. But in terms of consistency, the fella just used to be a 7 out of 10 absolutely every week. And, yeah, just I had a bit of an affinity for him. Yeah, yeah definitely. So my number two, they called him the uh, they called him the wrote the machine, didn't they? They called him the machine, like in turn, like like you know, it was his nickname, machine. Um, when we interviewed like like Mad Dog and stuff like that, they'd all call him the machine. And right, we had obviously we had Tim on the channel as well, and uh, I I was one of those people who pretty appreciate him um, when I was watching him play because probably about ninety two, ninety three, I was probably about. Um, 12 something like that um and it's not about the 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 prominent how good how consistent the right back is it's who's scoring the goals and who's 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 the you know yeah. the tricky players and stuff but watching back and obviously you know in lockdown a lot of the sort of end of season review things that robert banks have been putting up um oh it was mental and actually told him that i said tim i must apologize i never rated you when you were playing because yeah. i was only a kid and now i do he's like oh thanks you know what can you do yeah. you know what can you say if you talk to a lot of West Ham fans, though, that's a lot of a lot of people don't never talk about him or hold him in probably the esteem mm. he, he deserves. But yeah, definitely a fantastic. Takes a long time. Right back. Yeah, definitely. Go on, man. You carry on. You carry on. So, me left back. I think there's only one choice there, mate. And I think if anyone of our generation um, would find it really difficult to choose anyone else, and that's JD Julian Dix, just an yeah. absolute legend. Um, and I. Don't think people appreciated how good he was until he left us the first time around to Liverpool. Um, mm. Do you know what? When he came back to us for the second time, he was an even better player, in my opinion. I, I think he was a little bit more clever on the ball. He had calmed yeah. down to a certain extent. Obviously, well, I know we, we had the problems at Chelsea with um, with Spencer and whatever else. But do you know what? A, a, an incredibly underrated player, and his people don't appreciate how good he was on the ball. He was a fantastic defender, but he could actually play. He could hit mm. balls 50, 60, 70 yards to people's feet. And yeah, mm. just, but he was choosing a player who you'd want to play and you could choose the DNA of that player. Pretty much all the characteristics would be from Julian Dix, you know, hard mm. work, um, bit of ferocity, you know, he just tough in a tackle, but we can actually play. And, it's not really something I've, I really want to talk about. But if you look look at him now and you look at his legs, his legs are absolutely ruined. And they're ruined because of the effort he put in for West Ham. Um, I remember when, when he was coaching with us, with Slav, um, he'd done a little bit of, of, of warming up. And, you know, he can barely walk. And I find it such a shame. But he's in that state because he put everything in to his playing career. And his playing career was predominantly with us. And I, do you know what? I just I will forever be indebted to him for everything he gave us whilst he was with us. And just such a terrific player. And um, yeah. you don't see players like that anymore. You really don't. No, no, you don't. You don't see, and particularly at fullback, you don't see players who can galvanise a team, galvanise a, a supporter base from left back. You know, it's not that, you know, you think nowadays Aaron Cresswell would not, or Arthur Masuaku would not get us going like Julian Dix would do. Do you know what I mean? It, and, it, and it's no disrespect to them, but it was, it's it's just Julian's passion. And, you know, he's just, just you know, and I think outside of outside of West Ham, he was always seen as a, you know, a thug. Um, inside West Ham, any fan knew what a good player he was, knew what a baller, yeah. knew technically how fantastic his left was. I totally agree when he came back. He was, I'd say, maybe because obviously he was, he was sort of still only playing on one foot, really. Um, but he had to be more, sort of. He still had that, still had that that fire, yeah. and 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 that's what we love. Um, and obviously he had the skinhead, and he was just, you know, just. Uh, yeah, I just love the facts with Julian that he, you know, he he looked like 
he looked like he, he would you know if he was playing at uh, happy marshes whatever and he was playing he would he looked like he would be playing in a sunday league team do you know what i mean yeah, he yeah. had the shaven head he had the rich shirt he had the the, the socks rolled down but then he just had this god-given talent and um you know, I'm really, I'm really happy that obviously, you know, him and Slav did the job at West Brom because, you know, obviously, Junior's another a dad again, as well. Yeah. He's got a little boy now and that little girl, rather another little girl. Um, <laughs> and he's only fifty three, but no. <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah. you know, even though even though he's still got a career in the game, he's still heavily focused towards his family. He's a family man. Exactly. Um, he still loves West Ham no matter what. Um, do you know what? I don't think anyone can ever take that away from him. You know. No. I just, I'm quite proud to say I've seen him play quite a considerable amount of times, and I don't think we'll ever see a left back in the same mould as him, or to the ability that he, that he had. Definitely not. No, no, definitely not. Okay, Julian's in. Definitely. You crack on. Centre halves. My first centre half. I'm going to go for Alvin. Um, I see him at the tail end of his career, but even at the tail end of his career, he was still such a commanding authority figure that. that do you know what I mean, led by example, um, you could probably search on Google now and, and pull up photographs of Alvin and probably half of them will be blood pouring down of his head, mm. do you know what I mean, cuts on bruises all over because he used to stick his head in and he didn't care. Um, and to play that amount of games he did for us, I think that's testament to what such a fantastic player he was. Um, and to come from so far away exactly. and um, mm. to have the affinity that he... he, he had with the club and still has as an adopted East Ender, um, I think that's just fantastic. And I just love him. I love everything he stands for. Um, yeah, just swashbuckling, wasn't he? Just mm. didn't carry it. He'd stick his head absolutely well. And I remember right towards the end of his career, we played Oldham in the Premier League when Oldham was there. Can't remember what year it was. And I think we won 2 0 or whatever. And I think he got a goal that day. And just it meant so much to him that he knew that even though he was coming towards the end of his career, he it still meant a lot to him that he was still mm. able to play well and got the odd goal. But yeah, fantastic, absolutely fantastic player. Yeah, he was. And you're right, he's you know, this this uh, adopted Cockney status, you know, that he's he's you know, he still lives around the area, still is still is near me. Um and just a lovely bloke, you know, he's just you know, just West Ham through and through. He talks about West Ham when he's on radio, still has an affection for the club and and, the, and the, you know, 20 years, wasn't it? 20 years he played for us, yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, mental, it's absolutely like incredible. Winner. Yeah, exactly. It's not not many of them around. Not many of them around. So, uh, and that moment with his, with his boy as well at Chelsea, yeah. you know what I mean? That just, we wanted it as much for, for his boy as we wanted it for Alvin. Do you know what I mean? It was just such a lovely moment. And, you know, I think people will be talking about that moment for years. I mean, that game will be ingrained in our recent history in terms of what it meant for the club. And when some clubs, they talk about winning trophies and they win, it's little things like that that we remember because it means mm -hmm. a lot to us. It represents what we are as West Ham, doesn't it? We're family people. We're true to our roots and our heritage. And do you know what I mean? And I think that's that, that was an absolutely beautiful moment. It was. It, it, it was poetic, wasn't it? It was a real poetic yeah. moment because you knew what it meant not only for his, for him, for him as a as a father, but him as a fan as well. I think that's what it was special about. It was on both sides, and you know, obviously, David's a big fan as well, and yeah. just lovely, just really nice. In in the modern day era, to have some sort of that sort of connection with a club is 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 really special. Um, right, okay, Alvin's in. Who's, who else is going to be centre off then? Uh, my centre half. I'm gonna have to go to Rio. Rio, you know what? I just, I think he's in terms of his playing ability. Even at that young age when he made the West Ham breakthrough, I just think he was second to none. And mm. unlike any other centre half of that generation around that sort of time, yeah. He, in yeah. terms of the way he could bring the ball down and play it from the back and and drop his shoulder and get past people, um, was just a fantastic ability. And it was so nice to see. And he's probably one of the only players in recent history that I was absolutely gutted when when he left. You know, I think there's only a couple of other players since then that I was really genuinely upset when they left. Mm. And he was certainly one of them. And I know it, it probably paid the way for the for the Rio stand. But um, yeah, absolutely gutted when he left. But I remember when you were, and I spoke about earlier, when you could go to Chad Relief and you could go and get mm. all gone. Um, 
and they used to write the odd interview for Overland the Sea back in the day. And I remember speaking to Rio, um, and he come across so cocky, so arrogant back then. But do you know what? That's probably one of the things that drove him on that cockiness, that arrogance. And yeah, yeah. I think channeled in the right way and it, it probably was it's probably one of the main things that have, that have driven him forward to, to be the success that he was yeah. but yeah absolutely fantastic ability yeah great player and as you said and and it's funny like with that whole crop of players that that came and went unfortunately went too soon um Rio's one of those players I still see as a West Ham boy it's really funny still see him as West Ham and you know even when he's playing for Man United or or England or, or doing his TV work I still think like he's one of us you know you know we're like I don't see that with, yeah. with Lampard yeah. or uh, you know or Glenn Johnson but but for Rio I just still see him as one of ours maybe because of the connect maybe because of Anton as well and you know there's this, the yeah. Ferdinand connection with obviously Les and stuff playing for us as well so but no yeah no definitely top bloke top bloke one day i'll get him on one day um right okay so rio's in uh midfield let's go into midfield go on then lee you go through right so i'm gonna i'm gonna choose a player now we, we you briefly touch upon it and one of my all-time heroes dare i say it for the couple of seasons it, it was with us peter butler oh. absolutely fantastic workhorse one of the most underrated center midfielders we have ever had and now we never talks about Peter Butler ever. Okay. But if they if they was around for a couple of yeah. seasons with him and the tackles he won, the 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 ability he had on the ball to get the plane transitioning from from defence to midfield and then upfield, oh, he just used to break up everything and he used to just sit back and just allow the play just to carry on. He would do his job, but he would do it well. And Love him. Absolutely fantastic. Love him, absolutely love the man, yeah, and he's he's a beautiful man now, beautiful man. <laughs> you know, he's doing a this. Man, Ruff, isn't he? When you think, I love honestly, he, incredible. You know, when I interviewed him, he was he was it was in his his house in Liberia, um, on George Weir's estate, <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, because I didn't realize he was over there. I thought he was back home in Yorkshire or whatever, and. And he sort of messaged me, and I said, "Oh, he says, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I've, I've plugged the uh, plug the laptop on, just in case we have like a power cut." And I was thinking, "Oh, maybe because he's in like some rural farmhouse in Yorkshire Dales or something like that." No, it's because he it's because he's in Liberia, and and it just goes like that. The power it's does. Not. And uh, His coaching career, managerial career, has just taken him to some far flung places. Absolutely brilliant. But if he wrote a book, that would be a book I'd oh, love to read. Some of the some of the stories we spoke about, like his time at Botswana, and he was doing um, he was doing like, what, kind of like player assessment type things. But what they would do is they wouldn't sort of go to was definitely sort of any real professional leagues. They were going to like prisons and stuff, and he'd go to prisons with a bag of balls, and they'd be be watching prison games and stuff. And that was a good player. And yeah, fucking hell, you know what I mean? It's just like mental. Um, lovely man and it's funny because all the because you know how good a player is when he gets he's clearly got the respect of his peers and we've interviewed like Mark, like people around his ear like mad dog and and kevin Keane and, and, and bish and people like that they all put butler in their team all put him in because of what he did it's the modern day equivalent is someone like hayden mullins they all, like, yeah. all like they, they all put because he's that's that's a water carrier type position um but he was great, and at Mad Dog says his great stories. So obviously, he came from South End. Obviously, he used to get a lift in with Steve Jones because he was in Basildon, um, and um, and he turned up the, the first day. And Mad Dog was like, "Who's this? Who's this? Who's this fucker?" Yeah, I, th I think he called him a rude word. Actually, not he didn't call him fucker. He called him something rude. He's turned up. He's he's up with high tech boots, like like real <laughs> cheap high techs. He's like, "Who the fuck does this guy think he is?" And after about five minutes. They all knew who he was because they were proper, yeah. you know, crunching tackles. And I uh, know, oh massive fan of Pete Butler, massive fan. As I said, first player I ever met, uh, West Ham Junior Hammers birthday party. So there we go, Butler's in. Who's next, Lee? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of a naughty one here, mate. So apologies. Now I know he normally would play out on the left hand side, but um, I want to I want to get another player in. I'm gonna put Dimitri Pyatt as a centre midfielder yeah. and playing for now. Um, probably the most talented player 
that I've probably ever seen. Um, would not necessarily the best player, but probably the most talented player I've ever seen in terms of ability of what he could do with a football was just second to none. And I think that season and the bit that he had with us, um, that farewell bowling season, just the memories, I'll take them to the grave. Just some of the stuff he used to do on that football was just terrific. And I'm thankful I got to see it, you know. I just, mm. um, the, the ability that he had, and I think the way that he left, and it just broke people's hearts because he was, he was on the path to having that godlike status for generations, you know. Um, maybe 10, 15 years down the line, people won't talk about him because of the way he's left. But he's not only done it to us, he's done it to other people. And do you know what? He, he'll have loads of money when he retires, but will he have the affiliation and the affection of clubs for where he's played? And I don't think he will. And that's a shame because that God-given ability that he had, certainly that season he was with us, it should have put him in a different stratosphere in terms of the way the fans ad ad adorn their players and yeah just it, what what ability of us he just yeah fantastic I, I i totally echo everything you said in terms of technically the best player not the best player but technically the best player at west uh, I, I mean i've ever seen play I, and i think in all honesty it's probably technically the best player that we'll ever see because i don't think you know got, you, you don't know what's going to happen but I, I'd be very surprised if I have a Ballon d'Or nominated player in in my team in my lifetime at West Ham. You might do. You never know. You never know. Deck Deck might stay for us, and and, and 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 who knows? But he was just such a special player, and he was a West Ham, and he came at the right time, didn't he? he came when we needed that maverick. We we always adore the these sort of mercurial players, whether it was you know, De Canio or, or Tevez or Joe Cole or someone like that. And we didn't have one for a few years. And he came along in the last season at the bowling and just made it the season it was. Without him, we would not have had that season. It was um, sort of written in the stars, wasn't it? About it per yeah, perfectly was. Yeah. You had the right manager as well. There. But there you go. Yeah, I mean, but as you said... It, he, he he joined us in the same way he left us and and you know we've you know we've had other players and that sort of that sort of mercurial crazy you know but immensely talented player you they have that perpetuous side where yeah. they'll throw their toys out and you know Arnautovic he's the same um maybe someone in your other maybe someone in your in your front line as well you know, we only got that person because he pushed over a referee, you know, and it's like, you know what I mean? So it's just the way, it's just the way you know, yeah. those type of players are, which is which is a shame, but you sort of live with that, knowing that's going to happen. All right, we'll yeah. put Pyatt in, the Pyatt-Butler Central Partnership. I think that would be tasty. Right, yeah, who's next? Out on the left, um, and the reason why I dropped Pyatt in the midfield is for um, one of my first ever favourite players back in the day and one I tried to emulate on as a kid is Stuart Slater. Um, the talent that that kid had um, was, was, was wonderful, but he didn't fulfil his potential for whatever reason. Um, but for a couple of seasons, he was such a terrific footballer. Um, he used to have a, a strange way that he used to run. He used to sort of perch himself off his left foot and, and, and sort of sort of hop as he's running and taking on players and he'd drop his shoulder and get around people really easily and he should have gone on to do a hell of a lot more than, than he did in the game. Not mm -hmm. to say he had a bad career, but he, he should have done more in my opinion. And um, he was just another one of those ones that I remember growing up as a kid. And again, I, I luckily I got to meet him at one of the West Ham do's when I was a kid and um, he was such a lovely fella. Um, one of them ones that was well spoken. Um, he was mindful of himself. He, he didn't have any ego. And do you know what? He was one of them sort of people as a kid you sort of looked up to, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it start for me out on the left, I think, Russ, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's true. And, and, and people who pick, pick slates say exactly the same thing, you know, just. One of those one of those what ifs do you know what i mean he went to celtic too soon um and didn't really 
you know, tear up trees at Celtic. And it was a shame it happened like that. But as you said, for, for those who sort of cut the seasons, he was he was he was brilliant for us. Um, yeah, no, it's, just, it's a, we're getting we're getting hopefully getting him on soon. So that'd be quite interesting to talk to him about that. Yeah. Um, right, Slate. Slate is in. Uh, who's next, man? So out on the right hand side, I'm going to go for Trevor Sinclair. Um, I think when we picked Trevor from QPR, I think he was having a, probably not the best of times there, and I think yeah. his career was going a little bit stale. Yeah. And he came to us and he absolutely hit the ground running. I think he scored a brace on his debut at home to Everton, and he had a fantastic game. And he was so consistent for his career with West Ham, and I think he mm. got in the squad, uh, went to World Cup, I think he did, um, on the back of his performances for West Ham. And he was just, again, he was one of them people that, not necessarily a 7 out of 10, but he would probably give you an 8 out of 10 performance every game. He'd score, he'd assist, and he'd work hard. And he was one of them players a little bit like Antonio, where he could drop out and play right wing back if you needed to. He'd make the tackles. He'd start things off from midfield. Um, Yeah, and again, he's probably one of those ones that was really underrated in terms of ability. Um, and maybe West Ham fans probably don't talk about him as much as they probably should do because for however many seasons he was with us, he was incredibly consistent and he'd done a hell of a lot for us. Fantastic footballer, really fantastic. He was, he was brilliant. We, we, when we, we, we just we interviewed him over him last week, which was incredible. And um, yeah, he, and by his own admission, you know, the he was the QPR, he was coming, you know, he wasn't really enjoying it. I think Jerry Francis had left, um, and he was a big influence on him. Um, I think that was right what he said. To be honest, I was I was in, I was in awe of talking to him. To be perfectly yeah. honest, because he's like I'm right. He's one of my eleven, so I was like you know, so same as Julian. But um, so I was a proper fanboy like with him. But uh, an absolutely incredible man. Honestly, he was lovely. We had a great chat. He was really open. He told some stories he probably shouldn't have told, um, and. And you know what? He just like you can you could feel you know we've and actually everyone I've interviewed, even people like even like Nigel Riacoka, you know, even Nigel, bless him, they all talk so highly of the club and how much they love the club and love the fans. And with Trevor, it was almost like coming through the screen of of how much he enjoyed talking about the time he had at West Ham because it was just it resurrected his career. You're right. It was like it was like. Not, not doing, not you know. He had a great time at QPR. Then he was dropping off. Some of his mates had left as well, and West Ham came in. I mean, you know, we talk about we talk about players going for going for cheap in today's modern day. We bought Trevor Sinclair for a combined fee of two point seven million pounds. You know, yeah, two point three cash plus Dowie and Roland. So, what would he be worth well. now in today's He's market? Off. No, well, you know, it's, it, it's like Alan Devonshire. It's like Alan Devonshire, five grand. Oh, incredible! Yeah, it's so expensive. Um, you know, Harry did. Harry did a good deal there, as as he always used to. But um, no, top man, top man, and um, yeah, absolutely. You know, can nothing, nothing but good words to say about Sir Trev because uh, he was just lovely, and um, you know, obviously gracious enough to spend some time with us to talk about his time at West Ham, which was lovely. Right, Sinks is in. Uh, up front, we're going up front now, Lee? Yeah, we're going to go two up top. So, my first player is going to be um, a living legend at West Ham, Tony Cotty. Um, again, he was another one of them players back in the day. He was just West Ham through and through. And as a kid, mm. you looked up to him and you just wanted to emulate him. And I remember always trying to pretend to be Tony Cotty in the Forest Gate School dry play back in the day and just knocking them goals in my two yards or trying to and just pretending to be him and I just loved his attitude and his love for the club really shone through back in the day and mm. um and it was another one when he left to go to Everton uh we was gutted and I remember hearing it on um oh what was it now Capital Gold I remember that yeah I, probably the, yeah. The, the broke on Capital Gold we was listening to um, that he was going to Everton, and I just I was absolutely gutted. It was probably tears in my eyes back in the day, but um, chuffed when he came back. Um, yeah. And I think he he was he he was terrific when he returned for us, and really helped us out in that early Premiership days. And um, mm. yeah, it just you don't get many players that are capable of scoring goals the way he done. If yeah. that makes sense, he was yeah, he yeah, knew yeah, where yeah. to be. He's got that 
typical striker's neck being in the right place at the right time and always manage to find space in the box and drop off the shoulder of the defender and always always found himself with a ball and he had that terrific ability to put the ball in the back of the net and um yeah i think he'll go down as a as a living legend at west ham and quite rightly so just terrific goal scoring ability but more importantly a terrific fella and i mean he's got yeah. west ham in his blood and that's yeah. really important for us totally and and you know there's there's something about you know a fan who plays for his boy or club um in the same way that, that mark plays you know and, and people like that and it just makes so much difference because you know as a as a fan that he's going to give it his all do you know what i mean he's going to leave everything on and when he scores it'll be extra special because he's a west ham fan and you know it's professional but there's personal reasons as well and um oh yeah i mean he's great you know and you know he was again <laughs> we've been really lucky we had him on the, on the channel and he spoke really openly about why about you know leaving and um how you know obviously first time he came back he got booed you know and yeah. you know he was there was not even uh, a, a inkling that he would ever want to come back to west ham and then unfortunately obviously bobby died and then he played in that invitational match and he got a really good reception and then the the cog started turning so then he said anytime it was back on the agenda he wanted to be back and um felt like he had unfinished business and yeah just a great man love you fella yeah, do you know what I, I think i feel like with declan rice it, it's probably going to be a, a very similar story now declan mm. will probably move on to better his career at some point and quite rightly so i think he's, he's going to have to go at some point sadly enough yeah but hopefully he'll do it in the right way um and he'll always hold the club in 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 front of steam and come back to us hopefully probably the tail end of his career and and, and do bits for us you know but yeah yeah same as joe, joe cole did the same didn't he joe yeah. cole you know i i'm i'm trying to get someone to do an 11 of people who have come back returned to sender 11 because yeah. we must have quite a few players like yeah. julian and james collins and put people who've left and come back you know kevin nolan technically you know came back as, as assistant manager in slav but but I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think we we know Deck's going to go sometime. Um, it will be very, 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 very unusual for him not to. Um, I still have this glimmer of hope, and uh, and again, it's the West, it's the claret, it's the claret tinted glasses. But the influence of Mark Noble on Declan Rice, you know, and he knows he's not stupid, you know, and you know, Mark, not saying Mark's got a pass for every game but less but he, he 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 can he has to really really have a shit game for people to get on his back do you know yeah. what i mean and there's something about that you know he's going to go you know if he goes to chelsea or whatever he's going to go into literally go into the lion's den you know and and also i just think he'll be and i think if he went to chelsea honestly i just think he'll be wasted i really yeah. do because i just think frank will put him center back and and, and i've said on the channel you can go yeah. and buy it yeah, exactly. You can go and buy a decent centre back. You know, Tchaikovsky, you know, the Tchaikovsky. <laughs> Tchaikovsky was, was a, he was a composer. But you know, <laughs> the guy from Burnley. Um, or Nathan Aki for 40 million or, or Kulabali. You can go and buy a decent centre back for 30 million pounds max, you know. Um the the role Declan Rice plays is so unusual that Man City have spent God knows how many millions job buying people to try and replace Fernandinho and they can't do it. Um, and he's and at that think, level. He is, Russ. I think oh, he's definitely oh, he's at that level. Totally, totally at that level. And I just think he's he and you know and he's got this this new facet of a game with Suchek playing now. Suchek's doing the more donkey work now, and Deck can come forward a lot more. And he's good on the ball. We know he's good on the ball. And he's you know having what? a frustrated with us. You know when people who don't support our team and they watch him for England, but they, they mm. don't understand football. They don't understand yeah. the role that he's, he's given to do. He's he's not being asked to be a spectacular box to box midfielder. No. Gareth Southgate asks him to be the stalwart in midfield and just sit there and hold and break up play yeah. and keep things simple. And it, do you know what? It takes a very talented player to be able to do that and keep things Discipline. simple and look simple. And I don't think mm. people appreciate what a good player he is and, and how mm. difficult a job he does for England. Mm. 
No, totally. The Peter Butler of the England team. That's basically what they're what is he, he, he's, he's styling his game on butts. And um, <laughs> but no, I, I I totally agree. I totally agree. I just think he's he's you know he's a fantastic asset, and I just think he would be a lot. It'd be a loss to England and to and to the Premier League. I mean, I'm being funny. One of only four people ever to have played every minute of every Premier League game, ever. Oh, you know. Yeah, I think last year. So he played every minute of every game, and I think it was only been four people ever in Premier League history to have done that, um, which is incredible. And I just think he's brilliant. I just love him. Um, right, so he's anyway, back to Tony. Tony's in. Tony's in. Who, who's the last piece of this of this Lee pie? I'm sure that he's probably someone that everyone you speak to is probably put in a team, and I can't be any different. Yeah. Um, it's Paolo Di Canio, and I think yeah. For me, probably the the most wonderful player I've ever seen, and some of the stuff he used to do with a football I'd never seen before. And no. you know, I, I grew up watching certainly around probably your generation as well, Russ. We've seen people like Cantona and Ginola and, and Gascoigne and, and all very good players. And I would definitely put Paolo up there. And there's a difference in the way Paolo used to play to a lot of other players. Now, he used to watch Paolo do what he'd done with a football, but he would bamboozle people standing still right in front of them. And yeah. you couldn't get the ball off him. And he'd twist and twine you up and you had no ability to get the ball off him. But someone like Ginola would run at you at pace and drop his shoulder and try and expand you. And do you know what I mean? They'd do you by pace, but Paolo would do you by simple, pure ability. Yeah. And I've never seen anyone do the things that he'd done with a football. Of course, we talk about Pyatt, but Paolo, for me, just the way that he loved the club and um, the, the, the fondness that he still holds in his heart for, for the club. I, for me, he's just, I love the fellow. He, he's my yeah. favourite ever player. And do you know what? I, I can't speak about him without having a smile on my face. And um, yeah, just fantastic. Just love him a bit. Best player I've ever yeah. seen. No, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. He's, he's, a, he's the greatest West Ham player I've, I've had a privilege to see, um, because yeah, Pyatt was probably technically better, but I've got this sort of pie chart of a West Ham player, and you have to have like, and it doesn't happen very often where you've got t- pure technical ability, and then you have the pr- and passion and love of the club. You know, it's almost these different parts of the pie. And, Pyatt had a Pyatt, De Canya had everything, you know. He was brilliant, um, but he was crazy and he was so passionate and loved the club. And you know, all these parts together to me makes him, you know, my, my best ever player I've seen at play at West Ham because I just think he, he, he just I mean, I'm the same as you. It's like, you know, you smile when you think about him because he just in, gives those sort of those vibes because you think of, you know, I can close my eyes and think of the Arsenal game. I can think of Chelsea goals. I can yeah, think you know of what, obviously... that, is, that is so underrated. That goal that on on the volley that he took up when he's kneeling and volleyed it. Do you know what? I I rate that as probably more technically difficult than the volley against Wimbledon. I know yeah. a lot of people agree, but what a goal! And that was screen, screened on a beanbag at the bowling ground back in the day. And I, when they used to do the beanbags, and I, I yeah. remember what just what a player! Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, he's brilliant. You know, he nearly got me the sack once, believe it or not, from my job. Um, I'll just tell you a very quick story. So um, I pulled a sickie. I used to work for Sainsbury's when I was a student. And um, I pulled a sickie on the Saturday. I was supposed to be working. And I went up to West Ham v Leicester. Um, yeah. And he scored the winner. I think it, it was a it might have been a 1-0 win. And he, he put the ball from 15 yards, bottom corner, and run towards your way fans. At Filbert Street, it always used to be down the side your way support towards yeah, the yeah, goal yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. run straight towards me and I'm going mental jumping up and down it was on match of the day and my governor seen me on the telly and uh, nearly give me the, <laughs> nearly <laughs> give me the marching orders and I luckily I got away with it but um, yeah Hello, nearly oh, got me the boot. I used to I used to hate Filbert Street it was a horrible place wasn't it yeah it went no it was like like a cage almost like they treated you like oh i hated Philbert street but yeah no i mean paolo was just box office it's someone you easily would pay your season ticket just to see because you didn't know what paolo was going to turn up and you know that but that whole era paolo sinclair you know that whole sort of rio you know that whole sort of group of people 
was just for me exciting, oh, so exciting. Match for the away leg of the Intertoto Cup when Paolo and Sinclair. I think I think they both scored in that game. Yeah. And yeah. You know what? Just to say I've seen us lift the Intertoto Cup. Yeah, um, exactly. Fantastic. But yeah, just to say we've seen Paolo play and and like that. And you know, even for the younger generation, they've got to see Paolo playing Mark Noble's testimonial. Yeah. I think they even saw glimpses of then, even at his age. What late thought? What how old he got been there? Early fifties. Oh, and me, still yeah, been out to turn it on and. And and score like the way he did. I just I can't, I can't yeah. talk about it without having a smile on my face and reminiscing no. about the, the memories that we've got. You know what a player. Yeah, it's, it's true. And and on that intertoter thing, go back and watch the Trevor Sinclair interview because he tells tells a great story. I won't spoil it, but he tells a great story about the intertoter cup when they were playing uh, away in Croatia. Really, still again. I don't think he should have been telling us these stories, but he did. So watch it. It's really fun. It involves involves John Moncur. Um, a, a a team building shooting exercise, and oh, a live and a live landmine field. That's that's it. You know, it's just, it's the most random story, but it's brilliant. It's so much fun. Lee man, it's it's been it's been wonderful chatting to you. I really really enjoyed it. Hopefully, it's been a bit. It's been a bit of nice respite from everything else you've been talking about for the last few hours. Before I, Thank you for having me on, mate. It, it's really nice to reminisce and, and talk about the good times and some of the great memories we've all got when we're growing up and, and yeah. why West Ham means so much to us. So, no, thanks for giving me an opportunity, mate. Absolute I love it. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. And obviously, thanks everyone for watching or, you know, on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple, whatever it is, uh, podcast, these things. I should really find out what it's called. But anyway, um, make sure you subscribe, whatever you're watching it on. Um, tell everyone about it. Uh, and from for me and Lee, um, take care, everyone. Stay safe. That's really important. Come on, you irons, and we'll see you again very, oh, very are. soon. Take care, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.